بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, Thumma Alhamdulillah We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And bestowing our choicest blessings Upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Which is Alhamdulillah From the easiest and the best of acts of worship Especially on the day of Jumu'ah That we increase in our Salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Man salla alayya salatan sallallahu alayhi biha ashra Whoever sends one salah upon me Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends ten upon him So just to say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Who Allahumma salli ala Muhammad is a very simple act of worship and it's a sign of our love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam But in return Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He sends ten times upon us Tenfold upon us Where he is sending this mercy upon us The special blessings upon us And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said أَكْثِرُ الصَّلَاةَ عَلَيَّ يَوْمَ الْجُمُعَةِ وَلَيْلَتَهَا That we should increase in sending the salah upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam On the day of Jumu'ah and its night So this should be the day when we spend extra time Sending salutations or salah or salam Or blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Alhamdulillah For many of us we've reached the end of our year Of our academic year at least and it's a good time for us to reflect For us as Muslims to take the opportunity to reflect Over what we've done for this year Academically what have we achieved as youngsters Those of us who are at school Studying at universities What have we achieved? Have we achieved our goals? Have we achieved what we sought out to achieve? Or have we, or have we fallen short? And likewise, as Muslims, we take the opportunity and we do the same. And we ask ourselves, what have we achieved? How much of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have we recited? How much have we memorized? How much learning have I done? How much seeking knowledge have I put forth? And all of this is very important. Where we do ihtisab We do reckoning of ourselves And we've heard the statement of Amirul Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu Over and over Where he said Hasibu anfusakum qabla antu hasabu Wazinu anfusakum qabla antu zanu Where Umar radiyallahu anhu he said Hasibu anfusakum Take yourselves into account Take account of yourselves before you are taken account of. And weigh yourself before you are going to be weighed. 
referring to the day of Qiyamah, referring to the time when we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He does our reckoning, and He takes us into account, and our deeds will be weighed in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On that day, there's no going back. On that day, there's no second chances. And yet we know the Quran tells us this will be the plea of the people. This will be the plea of the people on that day. As for those who disbelieved, for them is the fire of Jahannam. On that day, summarizing what Allah says, He says, none of the punishments will be lightened for them. None of this will be lightened for them. They will get what they deserve. And like this we will reward each of the disbelievers. وَهُمْ يَسْتَرِخُونَ فِيهَا And then Allah says, those disbelievers, they will cry therein. They will scream therein. وَهُمْ يَسْتَرِخُونَ فِيهَا رَبَّنَا أَخْرِجَنَا نَعْمَلْ صَالِحًا غَيْرَ الَّذِي كُنَّا نَعْمَلْ Then they will say, oh our Lord, send us back. Take us out of this Jahannam. So that we can go and do righteous deeds which we did not do. So that we can go back and do good deeds. That which we did not do. This will be the plea and the cry of the people of, of Jahannam. Allah will say to them, didn't we give you life? Didn't we send you the warner? Didn't you get the message? Didn't you have your chance? Then Allah will say, taste. Taste what has been prepared for you. For on that day, the oppressors, the wrongdoers, the transgressors, there's no other way for them. There's no savior for them. There's no help for them. Because they had their moments. Ya نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَابِرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Ayat that we all, again we hear this often recited in the masajid. Where Allah says, O you who believe, fear Allah. O people of Iman, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, وَالْتَنْظُرْ Let each of you look let him assess. Let him check what he has prepared for tomorrow. What has he put forth for tomorrow? What, have he, what has he put forth for tomorrow? What have we prepared? And tomorrow obviously refers to the Akhirah. It refers to the day of Qiyamah. Let each of us look at this now. What have we put forward? Allah and Allah says again and fear Allah and be conscious of Allah. In Allah khabirun bima ta'amalun for indeed Allah is khabir, is well aware, is all aware of that which you do. There's not a thing that he misses. There's not a thing that is hidden from him. Jalla Jalaluhu. 
So it's a good time for us. Just like we will assess our academic year, we take the opportunity as Muslims to assess our deen, our state, our hearts. And this should be the, the, the Muslim almost on a daily basis in reality. We should reflect. We should check ourselves constantly, not yearly, not annually, not monthly, but constantly. We should be reflecting. And it's narrated that some of the Sahaba or the Salaf, they said that they would not be pleased with themselves except that that day is better than the previous day. Except that they are constantly growing. And this shows that they would do reflection every day. What have I done for the day? And they would try to make each day a little bit better. Each day they would try and improve and increase for themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, <coughs> He says in Surah Al-Hadid, in a powerful ayah, أَلَمْ يَأْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ وَلَا يَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلُ فَطَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَدُ فَقَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ اعلموا أن الله يحيي الأرض بعد موتها قد بينا لكم الآيات لعلكم تعقلون In this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Has the time not come? Has the time not yet come? For believers hearts to be humbled at the remembrance of Allah and what has been revealed of the truth has the time not yet come for our hearts to be humbled? Humble towards what? وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ Humble towards لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Firstly, the remembrance of Allah. Is it not yet time that we've reached a point where our hearts are softened? Is it not yet at that point where the time has come that our hearts be humbled and softened? By the remembrance of Allah, by the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and what has been revealed of the truth. And whatever has been revealed is the truth of the Quran and of course of the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَلَا يَكُونُوا الْكِتَابِ And as the time not come that those believers not be like the people of the book. That they do not be like them. That they be different to them. What were those people upon? Those who were spoiled for so long. They were spoiled for so long. Given so much favors. So much benefits. So much bounties. فَقَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ So their hearts became hardened. Until their hearts became hardened. And Allah says, and many of them are still rebellious. Many of them are still rebellious. The ayah, Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he explains in his tafsir that 
Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu he said only four years separated our acceptance of Islam and the revelation of this ayah only four years separated our acceptance of Islam and the revelation of this verse and this is a very important and a very powerful point that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is saying what's the lesson here Four years after they became Muslim. And the Sahaba were the best of the best. Only four years went by. And Allah revealed this verse to say, Has the time not come for the believers, their hearts to be softened by the remembrance of Allah. And by that which has been revealed of the truth. How long are we Muslim? Is it one, two, three, four years? Subhanallah, we've been, most of us here are born Muslim or raised as Muslims. We come out of Muslim homes. We've been raised to recite the Quran from a young age. To come to the Masajid. Has the time not come for our hearts to be softened by the remembrance of Allah and by what has been revealed of the truth? Allah sent this down for the Sahaba four years after they accepted Islam. Four years after they accepted Islam. For us, subhanallah, years, decades have gone by. Our hearts are still not softened. So this is the reminder that we need to think for ourselves. Has the time not come for us to soften our hearts? For us to submit to the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? To abstain from the prohibitions of the sharia? Has the time not come for us to submit to what Allah has revealed of the truth? And this is a rhetorical question that of course does not require an answer. Because the answer is very well known. The next part of the verse said, وَلَا يَكُونُ كَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ And that they do not be like the people of the book who received the scripture before them and they were spoilt, the term was prolonged they were given time, they were given blessings until their hearts were hardened in this part of the ayah Allah is prohibiting us from being like the Jews and the Christians Allah is prohibiting us from imitating the disbelievers and here more specifically the people of the book as time passed, what did they do? If we look at these two groups, the Jews and the Christians, Ahlul Kitab, what were they known for? And the Quran speaks about them in various places. What they did was, number one, they changed the book of Allah. They changed the book of Allah and they sold it for a small, miserable price. That this book wasn't worth much to them. That eventually they preferred the dunya and its pleasures over the instructions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Over the, the revelation that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn Kathir continues and he says, They abandoned Allah's book behind their backs and were impressed and consumed by, by various opinions and false creeds. They were impressed 
by other things opinions false creeds things that are not based upon the religious text things that do not come from the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so they turned to other things they gave other things more importance and we see the same thing happening in the ummah today where other things are given importance where the religious texts are placed aside and we prefer other practices other creeds other different aqidas that is not in conformity with that of the Quran or the Sunnah other practices that has no basis in the Quran or in the Sunnah and for this simple reason and many other reasons Islam is extremely strict on innovation on bid'ah and there's many ahadith and I'm sure we've heard this ahadith many a times that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam warned against innovating into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because every innovation leads to misguidance and all misguidance will lead to the hellfire this is the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and when we study the previous religions and how they went astray you will find the root of it is in innovation the root of misguidance even for the previous religions was innovation because they turned to other things they added things to the deen and this is how they went astray and this is exactly what is happening in the ummah today where our deen is no longer being preached based on the quran and the sunnah or based upon the understanding of the sahaba radiallahu anhum but it's other creeds it's coming from philosophies it's coming from all types of influences and comes from opinions that have no basis wallahul musta'an so this is something that is in reality that happened to the jews and the christians the ahl kitab they were blessed with scripture but they still went astray because they did not hold fast onto the scripture they did not hold firm onto the scripture and this is why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said two things if you hold on to them you will never go astray after me that's kitabullah wa sunnati it is the book of allah and my sunnah if you can hold on to this and stick to this then you will never ever go astray bi-idhnillahi ta'ala so ibn kathir continues and he said they imitated the way others behaved with the religion of allah making their rabbis and priests into gods besides Allah. This is a form of hulu, where they then took their leaders and turned to them for all forms of guidance, not looking at the book of Allah, not looking at revelation. And they made their leaders into gods besides Allah by worshipping them. And again, if we look at certain practices of the Muslims, we've done the same thing. Where we take our so-called leaders and we in a way worship them. Sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. And you find this with the people of innovation, the people of hulu, the people of excessiveness, you know, excessive reverence of the so-called righteous. This is he sheikh and his 
uh, is Hazrat and so forth. And so they seek the blessings of the Sheikh. And they bow unto the Sheikh. They put the Sheikh's face in their house. And all types of false beliefs. Wallahu musta'an. Consequently, Ibn Kathir says, their hearts became hard and they would not accept advice. Their hearts did not feel humbled by Allah's promises or threats. And this is purely because they turned away from the scripture of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is purely because they never submitted themselves to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ Allah says, and many of them continues or they continue to be sinners or rebellious. Meaning in their actions, therefore their hearts are corrupted and their actions are invalid. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about them, فَبِمَا نَقْضِهِمْ مِيثَاقَهُمْ لَعَنَّهُمْ وَجَعَلْنَا قُلُوبَهُمْ قَاسِيَةً يُحَرِّفُونَ الْكَلِمَ عَمَّ وَاضِعِهِ وَنَسُوا حَظًّا مِمَّا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ Allah says, because of their breach of their covenant, we cursed them and made their hearts grow hard. They changed the words from their right places and have abandoned a good part of the message that was sent to them. And this was the way of the Ahlul Kitab, that they abandoned the scripture, reinterpreted it, changed its meanings, and by this they became corrupted and went astray. Ibn Kathir says, their hearts became corrupt and hardened, and they acquired the behavior of changing Allah's speech from the appropriate places and meanings. Appropriate places and meanings. So giving it a false understanding and a false interpretation. They abandoned acts of worship that they were commanded to perform and committed what they were prohibited to do. And again, we as Muslims, this is the lesson. Not to fall into what Ahlul Kitab fell into. Not to be like them. This is what Allah said. They started to do that which is haram and abstain from that which is fard. Instead of obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by fulfilling his obligations, they left it. They abandoned it. And instead of staying away from what Allah prohibited, they indulged therein. And this is all a result of hard-heartedness. Wallahul musta'an. And this is why Allah forbade us or He forbade the believers from imitating them, yani the disbelievers, in any way, be it basic or in detailed matters. And this is a general rule in the Sharia that you do not imitate the disbelievers. That we do not imitate the disbelievers not in their actions or their beliefs or in the way they dress or in anything. It's always best to avoid imitation of the kuffar. In fact, the Prophet said, whoever imitates a people, whoever imitates people, then he is part of them. He is like them. And he may be resurrected with him, Allah Musta'an. And this is another topic on its own that is of utmost importance. Not to have this love and reverence of disbelievers. Not to have the love and reverence of disbelievers. And especially for the youngsters growing up. It's World Cup time, and there's lots of, you know, revering going along. Who's the best and who's better and who's this? And we're starting to praise all types of kuffar. 
And we will fight to defend that one. He's uh, my favorite player. I'm backing him. And we will stand our man and defend him. Yet he's an enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's a kafir. He may be talented the way he kicks a ball, but other than that, other than that, what is there to look up to in this individual? What is there that the Sahaba haven't done? That the Prophet sallallahu hasn't left behind as the best of role models. So we don't have to revere them or look up to them in any way. And this is of utmost importance. Because our children will grow up looking at these people. And loving them and revering them. And giving them this type of status. Yet Allah has so clearly said, don't be like them at all. Don't imitate them at all. Do not revere them. Because there's no khair in this. Wallahu musta'an. To end off the next verse, Allah Azza wa Jal said, I'lamu anna allaha yuhi al-arda ba'da mawtiha qad bayyanna lakum al-ayati la'allakum ta'qilun. Know, I'lamu, know that Allah gives life to the earth after, after its death. Allah gives life to the earth after its death. And there's a subtle, subtle reminder in this for us as well. That just like Allah gives life to the, the barren earth, He can send down blessing, rains and so forth. Alhamdulillah. Likewise, He can give life to our hearts. That it was extremely hardened at a point. It was upon disbelief even. It was upon major sin and transgression and rebellion. Just like Allah gives life to the earth after it was barren and dead, He can give life to a heart. And make it from the best and the most pure of hearts. And this is the reminder Allah is giving us. We spoke about the advice of Umar. About taking us into ourselves into account. Before we are taken account of. But what else can we say about Umar on this point? خِيَارُكُمْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ وَخِيَارُكُمْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ That the Prophet sallallahu said about Umar. He said to him, you were the best of people in jahiliyyah. Meaning he was the worst of the people. He was the worst of people. وَخِيَارُكُمْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ But when he became Muslim, he became the best of people. He was the best of the Muslims. And like this, Allah can take a person out of extreme misguidance and darkness and bring them into light. And bring them into the most purest of ways and make them the best of believers. And so, the ayah is there as a reminder that it's time for us to humble ourselves. The time has surely come for us to submit to what Allah has revealed. For us to submit to the remembrance of Allah. For us to submit to the Quran. And to submit to the Sunnah. And the next verse is there as a reassurance that don't worry, ayyual abd. Oh my slave, don't worry. That even if you were the worst of people, Allah gives life to the earth after it was dead. Likewise, He can give life to your heart. Never ever let the shaitan come to you and say to you, you're too far gone. What you've done is too much. What you've done, Allah is not going to forgive. This sin and that sin and 20 and 30 and 50 years of sins, it's, you should be embarrassed to say astaghfirullah. You should be embarrassed to ask Allah's forgiveness. Wallahi, this is the ploy of the shaitan. 
This is the plan of the shaitan. His idea is to make you lose hope and for you to give up. But Allah Azza wa Jal said, Ya ibadi alladhin asrafu ala anfusihim, la taqnatu min rahmatillah. Say to my servants, my slaves, who've transgressed, who've sinned, who've harmed themselves by all those years of sinning, never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Inna Allah yaghfiru dhunuba jami'ah. Indeed, Allah forgives every single sin. There is not a sin on this dunya except that He will forgive it. Whether it's a sin of belief, whether it's a sin of our body, our limbs, of our tongues, He forgives every single sin. إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ For indeed He is the all-forgiving and the most merciful. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to soften our hearts and to make us of those who submit unto the Qur'an and the Sunnah and to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to save us from misguidance. Ameen Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen